we should probably talk a little bit about ourselves first. Okay. Is there anything you think we really need to make sure we get in there? No. Except that we've parked this domain for like three years and haven't done anything with it? Yeah, I think we should talk about all of the great articles and other yeah, content. Be sure to read our website. fantastic, fantastic content. <laughs> do for a win. Um, you actually did post an article there for the first time in, what, like two years? I did? A couple months ago. It's possible. Did we yeah. did we also park Do For A Win Twitter? <laughs> uh, yes, I am the proud owner of Do For A Win Twitter. Oh, awesome. So get all our updates. I actually think that we should start the podcast like a minute and a half ago. Hello and welcome to the Do For A Win podcast. We're going to talk about uh, the gambling industry, gambling in general, and mainly focus on Atlantic City since we're over here on the East Coast. My name is Craig Stone. Uh, I live in New Jersey. With me is Kyle Askin. Uh, he is in Maryland. Um, so this is our first episode. Uh, thank you for listening. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit about our most recent trip to Atlantic City, uh, some of the latest news with Showboat and Revel, and a more macro view at some of the monthly revenues. So, Kyle, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, that was pretty enlightening. I don't know what I can uh, say to add on to that. Uh, anyway, uh, as Craig said, I'm Kyle. Um, I started going to Atlantic City when I turned 21, which was in 2004. Uh, actually, probably 2005. Uh me and a bunch of our mutual friends, me and Craig's, would go up all the time, uh, stay in the Atlantic City Hilton for the most part, because they comped well, even if you were 21 and betting $5 at a table. Um, Which is really the beauty of Atlantic City, right? That you can still get oh. comped if you're betting next to nothing, or you could, you know, a few years ago. Uh, with a lot of the closures that have happened, I don't know if it's quite that way. I mean, we were getting comps in the summertime on the weekends. Yeah, no, that's not, uh, at the Hilton, which was pretty sweet. And, I mean, my first couple trips to Vegas were also in the Las Vegas Hilton from my Atlantic City Hilton, uh, you know, betting $5 at a time for a couple hours. So that was, that was before I started going. I didn't start going until I moved to New York away from you guys. And uh, so I started going in, I think my first trip was January 2010. I say I think, like I don't have a spreadsheet that lists all this stuff. Um, so my first trip was definitely January 2010. We've gone, what, three or four times a year since then. And uh, just in the interim, obsessed about what's going on with the casinos, what's opening, what's closing, what's the deal with Caesars website and why our comps don't work, uh, and that kind of stuff. So uh, hopefully we'll bring some of that to you, and, and it'll be interesting to listen to. So do you want to go ahead and start with... Uh, a look at these monthly revenues for October that just came out? Sure. I mean, we don't have to talk necessarily about October. I don't think just general anything was too interesting. Um, the most, most interesting point, I think, was I probably for the first time ever, uh, the Taj was the worst performing casino in Atlantic City, which is... 
pretty shocking, and it's been a pretty big downfall for them uh, for a long time. And I checked back, you know, for 20 years. I mean, for a long time, they were the best performing casino in Atlantic City until basically the Borgata opened in 2003. Right. So, uh, I mean, when you announce that you're going to close and you send out that notice to your employees saying you're going to close and then you keep pushing it back, it, it's almost like your uh, your customers get wind of that and they say, well, I'm going to go someplace else where my comps are actually worth something. <laughs> Right? I mean, that happened. All the casinos that have closed have seen these right. huge drops in their in their revenue. So this is I don't think that's too surprising. Except that they, well, there's no real indication that it's going to close. Right. The thing with the Taj is it's been drawn out. I mean, they were going to close at the end of last year. And it's just it's been like a zombie for a year. I mean, it's been like a zombie for probably longer than a year. But like you said, it is something we've seen with, you know, the Atlantic Club and with the showboat and with the Revel, I mean, just the sharp drop right before they actually close. Well, you know, Revel never had revenue to begin with, but that's true. Uh, you know, Taz allegedly was nice at one point, right? I mean, I've it, never spent any real time in there, but yeah, unfortunately for me, I think it's a little bit before my time even, but like I said, I mean, I've gone back and it was the best performing casino uh, through in Atlantic City for all of the 90s and the beginning of the 2000s as well. And it was the, so the presumably for, uh, it was nice for Nicolas Cage's Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes, <laughs> Snake Eyes, a terrible, yeah. terrible, you know, boxing movie. When was uh when was Rounders filmed? Because it had a prominent role in that as well. You know, it's, it's in probably a, it's, about the right time. It's, it's probably the late nineties, right? Yeah. So there was that, and then there was another nineteen ninety eight, according to IMDb. Awful, so yeah, uh, Catherine Heigl movie that was ended up in Atlantic City at the Taj. So you know, the Taj is featured a lot. It, I mean, it kind of looks like a movie set if you just left it there for twenty years and didn't do anything to it. So that's not too surprising. Um, right. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's uh, it, it looks like it should be nice. It's just you go inside and it's it's not nice. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. But I mean, I mean, it's just I I I don't know. Like I said, you know, the Taj is actually uh, beyond the Golden Nugget, which you know used to be Trump Marina, which as you know, the first time I ever went was our last trip. Uh, the Taj was the last casino I actually stepped foot in in Atlantic City. It wasn't until a couple years ago that I actually went inside of it. So. I I'm sure it was nice at some point, but every time I've been in it, it's been a complete dump. So it's not been a place I've wanted to play or be in. Yeah, and I I wanted to check it out just because I knew that history of it, and I went in and just walked through it and felt like, wow, there's nothing from here. I'm not a big poker player and has a big poker room. So outside of that, it just kind of has the standard stuff. There's the scores there now, which I guess they're excited about, but... Um, that's not really my, pasties. my not my thing either, and then especially when you add in the required pasties, <laughs> um, you know, not that I'd go anyway, but it just it, there's not there there's not much there for me. Uh, I mean, when I look at the revenue, the other thing that uh, that I find interesting is that I don't know why I still find it interesting, but Borg just rakes every month. I mean, fifty-seven million again this month. They cracked 70 in August, 71, which I, I looked back, um, 71 in August and July. And when they hit 71 in July, I looked back as far back as I can find, which is only through 2008. Um, and that was the highest they've grossed in any month. So, you know, 2008 obviously is 
during after whatever the recession hit. So that's not a great uh, great point to start with. <laughs> you know, I'd like to see 2006, early 2007, but um, for them to be hitting 71 million dollars, where everybody else is, you know, struggling. If if anybody else hits 20, you're like, ah, 20, okay, that's pretty good. You know, Harris is usually in the high 20s and Caesars is in the low 20s. But, you know, if Trop hits 20, or especially if uh, Resorts hits 20, or which I don't think ever happens. I think Golden Nugget hit 20 once, and I was, like, thinking, whoa, congratulations on getting to that $20 million club. But Borg is over 50, even in off months. They just, you know, can do no wrong, it seems like. So, like you said, they don't release the monthly. I don't think there's any monthly results from before 2008, but I do have the annual results in front of me. And Borg's best year ever was 2007. Uh-huh. And 2006 and 2008 were just a little bit worse than that. So it probably was pretty close to this being the height of them, if that's what you say. Um, so I actually have a quiz question for you, since I've got the, uh, the 90s open. Oh, sure. And like I said, so the best grossing casino every single year from 1990 to 1999 was the Trump Taj Mahal. Can you gr- guess which the worst grossing casino was in every single year? It was the same for all every year. It's got to be the Trump Marina, right? No, but I think that was... It wasn't second to last every year, but it was down there every year. Oh, wow. Resort. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It, it's not a casino that is open anymore. Oh, uh, Atlantic Club Hilton ACH. No. What? Okay, just tell me. <laughs> the Claridge. Uh, well, that fairly counts, though, because it got, like, <laughs> you know, enveloped into Bally's. Yeah, it didn't happen until uh, 2002 or 2003. Uh, so, yeah, I, I didn't so. go until 2010. I mean, you right. weren't going in no, I wasn't going back so. then because I was, you know, 18. Um. Yeah, I, the Claridge. We stayed in the Claridge. It was it was awful, horrific. Yeah, it was nightmare fuel. It was pretty terrible. Allegedly, you know, it's revamped. It's nice. There's no casino in it. It's got a, it's got an art gallery, which is supposed to be nice. <laughs> I'm unless they've done a lot of work. I'm sure it's still a dump. I mean, not being connected to the casino will probably help with the patronage. I'll say, but. Uh, yeah. I don't think you could make that place nice without really putting more money than anyone should be putting into a hotel in Atlantic City. Yeah, I have no interest in, in giving it a shot. No. Well, did you tell me that you're planning on hopefully trying to go down and stay in the Dennis Tower? Yeah, so my next trip, uh, my wife and I, it'll be our fifth wedding anniversary. So two of our four so far, we've gone to Atlantic City and you know, done the the comp room thing and I'll go and she's not a gambler. So basically I spend all year building up my comps, go for a free weekend. Uh, don't gamble at all. Caesars doesn't tend to like that. So I end up having to spend the next year building up my comps again. So we'll probably do that again. Um, now we have a, an eight month old and so I probably won't really need or have the opportunity to build up my comps <laughs> for, for the sixth anniversary. But for now we're going to take it. So I have a, a room booked in the Dennis Tower. It's a Dennis luxury room, which apparently is one of the rooms that's like right around Harry's Oyster Bar that overlooks the courtyard, um, which I'm excited to go to Harry's Oyster Bar again. Um, and it's supposed to be nicer <laughs> than uh, than the Bally's rooms. The Bally's Tower rooms in that big 
main tower are really out of date. And when I first booked it, actually, they sh- they had pictures of renovated rooms in that Bally's Tower, which has since been removed. And I was really confused because I was like, these rooms look really nice. And that's not at all what I've heard about those towers. But I called up, thankfully, on uh, our friend Andy, who's a big hotel geek, um, called up and, and asked for his advice. And he said, just call the front desk. They'll tell you you know, what rooms have been updated. They should have that information on hand. And I called and they were like, yeah, Dennis Tower is like the only tower that's actually renovated. And, you know, if you're looking to stay in the Bally's Tower, those rooms aren't going to be done. So, so that was good to know. So we'll see how it goes. I'm still holding out hopes that I'll get a, a Caesars room instead um, and just swap those reservations. But for now, the only rooms that Caesars has been offering me are those atrium rooms that overlook the lobby. And I don't really want to be in one of the old crappy tiny rooms that overlooks the the sad Caesar statue and hey man. the little cafe in that one. And that sweet cafe? Yeah, that's not that's not a that's not a very romantic hotel room for university, <laughs> I gotta say. Especially our first you know, first weekend away from the baby. Hey man, you can see that they opened the brand new Gordon Ramsay restaurant that's true. there, right? And I you know, I've got some uh some rewards credits I plan to use at that uh at that Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Uh, so I have another quiz question for you. Okay. I'm looking at the data. So, like I said, Borgata opened in 2003, and by in 2005, they were the largest grossing casino in Atlantic City. And like I said, uh, the Trump Taj was the highest grossing casino all through the 90s, and until 2002 was their last year as the top grossing casino. So which casino was the top grossing casino in 2003 and 2004, and then second place behind the Borg until 2008? I mean, I guess... Well, Harris, I know, is always second now, but I think Harris was really crappy back then. I, mean, I think they only renovated it because Borg came in. So I'm going to... I'm going to guess Caesars? It is not Caesars. And am I wrong about Harris, then? It is not Harris. I mean, it can't be Trop. It is not Trop. Okay, I'm stumped again. You've got me twice. Bally's. Oh, man. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's not so terribly surprising, but it's a little... The thing with sad. Bally's is it's it's humongous, it's right? They've got a ton of game you know, space. Is it bigger game space-wise than, uh, than Caesar's, though? I would think so. Especially if you count the what is now the Wild Wild West. Oh, right. That's a good point. I don't know. I don't know if that was around back then, though. I'm not a hundred percent. I think it must have been. It's a lot of game space, though. Well, Caesars is spread over two floors. Right. Is Bally's entirely contained? Yeah, on that lower floor. Right. Right. Pretty much, other than you know the was the poker room and the pony room upstairs. Yeah, Wild Wild West opened in 1997. Okay, so yes, Wild Wild West was open. So yeah, it's it's significantly larger than Caesars, I will say, absolutely. So should we just segue into into our trip report from there, since I want to talk so much about Wild Wild West? Yeah, we can do that. So what, this is uh, there's no way to say this that makes it sound good, but um, you know, one of my favorite places in the world is the Bally's bus terminal because. The first time I ever went, and probably you know half the times I've gone to Atlantic City, I've taken the bus from Port Authority in New York 
the whatever it is, 30-something dollar bus where they give you $25 slot credit, you get off in Bally's, and it's not nice, but, you know, just there's these chandeliers that are like, you know, remind you of a casino, and you just walk in, and you know you're going to the casino, and you've got a whole trip ahead of you, and it's exciting. Uh, I got my $25 slot voucher in my hand. So the very first time I went, we spent a lot of time in that Caesars Valley's Wild Wild West complex. Um, so I have a very special place in my heart for Wild Wild West, especially because I, I'm just, um, it's because I really like places that are inside but look like outside. So now I've admitted that I both like the Bally's bus terminal and fake facades inside. So I should probably just sign off. I know that's that's why your two favorite casinos in Vegas are Paris and New York, New York, right? I I like the Paris casino floor a lot. I I've heard not good things about the rooms. I don't mind New York, New York. I don't hate it as much as you do. But, um, but so Wild Wild West. Um, uh, so we went in August because you were about to have a kid who you now have a m- one month old. I'm just gonna put your yep. personal business out there. So if you were crying. Funny. On either end, um, that's why. it could be either. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we went. We did not stay in in Valleys. Where did we stay? Oh, we stayed at Harris. So, but we did go walk around the newly renovated Wild Wild West. So, in 1997, I don't know if you saw the Wild Wild West when it had animatronic cowboys and you know, girls on wagons with guns, and they were like, they did shows, and it was crazy. I never saw any of that. I missed it all. So did you, did, were you ever there when there was, when it was just decked out robotics? Not, not that I remember. Um, so the first, uh, I'll say, many times we went, like, until basically I started going with you, our trips were more or less confined to the Hilton, the Trop, and the Borg. Those were the three places we really spent like any amount of time in at all. And, you know, there are a few other casinos that I went in during those times, but I I didn't really pay attention to them or spend a lot of time in them. So I yearn for this. I saw I looked up pictures. I spent probably 45 minutes just looking at pictures of these old animatronics and and reading as people say that they're, you know, outdated and sketchy and not good. And I'm just like, oh, I wish they would bring it back, except well. I remember when I first went, the only remnant really, I mean, they still had all the facades and everything, but that when you walked in off the boardwalk, there was a sort of river kind of thing that ended up at this little lake, and there was a dude in the middle who I guess used to be like a prospector. Like he was on his knee, and he had a pan, and he was like sifting for gold, and he had a donkey, and both him and the donkey did some kind of, you know, animatronic show. It sounds really bad, but... uh so when when I went, they had replaced him with just like this dude who was standing up and the donkey. And the first time I went, he, he worked, you know, he did some stuff. He was a little creepy. And then I think the second time I, I went, he was just like slouched, like his head was just slouched and the donkey's head was slouched and it was depressing and they were not working. And then the attempt to fix them was not actually to fix them. It was just to like shove a rod up the dude's shirt in the back and like duct tape around his neck to hold his head up, and that was, like, way, way worse than just having it off. So, so they've gotten rid of that completely. 
Uh, and, you know, the, even if they had just gotten rid of the animatronics and had the little lake and the river, it would have been nicer than what it is now. So now it's just, like, flat with this fake sort of textured floor, and it's just empty, and there's a stage at one end of it, and, like, three gaming tables at the other end, like a couple of blackjack tables, I think, and that's it. And those blackjack tables are, like, the most depressing tables in Atlantic City, I think, which is saying something. And then yeah. next to that, so that's right by the 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 bar, um, you know, where you get your whatever three dollar beers and the beer pong tables. And then behind that used to be all the table games, which was a lively area and a fun place to play table games. And now that's just dead empty, right? So you walk through this curved sort of long walkway under these wooden. Uh, sort of structure overhang things where all the tables used to be under. Like, they used to have $1 blackjack, which was a terrible game because you had to ante a quarter. Um, But you have to make this long walk to get to the poker room, which is now huge and spread out among where all the video poker machines used to be back there. So it's just got this really weird vibe of, like, Caesars just doesn't know what to do with the space (laughs) and has, has not even filled it and the poker room, like, there's one area that looks like it should be a poker room, and then there's just what looks like random poker tables everywhere, and then there's just emptiness and sadness, and then some beer pong tables, and, like, three gaming tables, and a stage and an empty floor, and it just made me really sad the last time we were there for some reason, um... And, uh, you know, nobody should really have fond memories, probably, of the Wild Old West, but uh, it definitely, you know, it definitely made me disappointed to see it go that direction and kind of not have any plan for all that space. I mean, so just so you know, you're not alone. Uh, every time I talk to my stepdad about Atlantic City, he always says that his favorite place to gamble was always the Wild Wild West, and he was bummed when they took all the table games out. But... So you know, I mean, you know what the the plan was when they shut down all those table games, right? They were going to put a bunch of retail in there. Right, which is exactly what they need with, with the pier right, dying. The, the dumpster fire that the pier right. is. Right. right. So then they wisely decided that, hey, maybe that's not a great idea, which is why we have what we have now, which is just this big yeah. space with nothing in it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I was, I was trying to think, what could they even do... It's because it's a lot of space. I mean, it's and, it's big. And you know, we were there on a in an August weekend, peak weekend, and and really, and they've gotten rid of a lot of the slot machines and and almost all the video poker machines out of that casino. Also, so it looks really sparse. You know, you come down that escalator from Caesars to to Wild, Wild West when you're doing that walk through to Bally's, and and it looks much much emptier than it has in the past. So. I was trying to think, you know, do the could you put like a giant comp bar there, kind of like like the long bar at the D in Las Vegas, but I don't think you know, comp bars aren't really a thing in Atlantic City really, <laughs> right? Like where is there even there's one at Borgata. But I don't think any of the Caesars casinos um I I think the there's a lounge in Harris that has has video poker machines and I think that's about it. Uh, do they in what exhibition in Harris? Is that what you're talking about? Not the, exhibition. The, the circle one in the middle? No, no, the one that's over by the restaurants. Um, oh, okay, near the the burger 
Yeah, right or right between um near Bill's Burger or back near like the front desk and those restaurants. No, not the one near the front desk. They redid uh, Oh, they made it the whiskey bar. The right? bar, yeah, like the bar with no yeah. name, which looks really nice. Um and kind of looks way classier than most other things in Harris, which we can actually yeah, let's talk about Harris now since we stated Harris. Uh so you know, we were in Harris for two nights. It's obviously a pretty clubby scene there. So so what were your impressions of, of your room in Harris and sort of the experience? I know you really like uh, Harris Las Vegas. That is, uh, that, is, that is definitely true. That is Harris uh, Atlantic City hold up. So about the rooms, I think I have to say that my room was far, far nicer than yours. So okay. that is a definite plus. So uh, if you can... Staying in the waterfront tower is definitely a better choice than staying in whatever shitty tower that the rest of my friends were staying in. The harbor tower. We had two rooms. The harbor tower. tower. Yeah. And and the talk of the harbor tower was every time you got on the elevator, everybody was talking about how the showers wouldn't drain at all. Um. <laughs> so it was not just us. It was on every floor. <laughs> so uh, our friend Dave actually complained to Harris on uh, on Twitter, which is if you know Dave. Uh, it's not surprising, and, uh, and it worked out. He got a, he got seventy five bucks of uh, rewards credits for complaining. So, you know, if you have an issue at Ares or or any Caesar's Casino, you know, jump on the Twitter and and hit them up because maybe they'll try to buy you off. But yeah, it was a little gross. I actually the second day I actually had to take a shower standing outside of the shower. Like I basically just reached a limb in and and rinsed it off, and then reached another limb in and rinsed it. it was that bad. I mean, it, it, two minutes in and it was ankle deep. It just wouldn't drain at all. That that is pretty foul. Really, uh, I, I do have to say that that my room had none of these problems and it was very very nice. Yeah, I watched, uh, we were down at the very end of the hall, almost. You know, it's the at the at the very end is usually like a suite or something, but we were the first door that wasn't actually on the end of the hall, so we weren't the corner room, but we were the room next to it. Yeah, my wife and, uh, was totally grossed out by this description. Um, so your room, so your room was not a suite, though. No, 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 it wasn't a suite. It was just a normal two bedroom room, but still or two bed, two bed room, but still a nice, nice room. It was nice. I've, yeah, I've been. We stayed there maybe three years ago. My wife and I, when we went for our anniversary, and they put us in a huge suite because our anniversary is in January. So, right, you know, if you stay yeah. for one night in January, you're going to get upgraded usually. And we were in a huge room, and it was super nice, um, that I think was probably also in the waterfront tower. But this time, the room looked fine, I guess. Like, it looked okay. It was kind of a standard room. Um, the walls are paper thin, and the shower thing was just really gross, which is disappointing because the the, the casino itself, I really like the casino itself. I I like that that lobby bar that they redid, um, the bar with no name that is actually named hashtag bar with no name. That is what they're <laughs> calling it. Like that's on the Harris. It, it actually has hashtag in the name. It's yeah, it is a pound sign hashtag yes. bar with no name. And then the Eden Lounge is the one that has the uh, the video poker, and that's kind of where like you know middle aged people go to dance at instead of the pool after dark. And then there's the pool after dark, which is where all the young people go, which makes uh, Harris an interesting place to go by itself, right? And so we spent some time just kind of hanging out 
eating donuts or whatever and drinking boozy uh, frozen drinks over by the pool after dark because they replaced what used to be, what was it, like Saka Subs? Saka Subs, man. Yeah, they replaced never forget. That was Saka Subs and a couple other chain-type places. Yeah, it had a Philadelphia Pretzel Factory right. and a couple other things. And so they replaced those with, like, what appears to be house, like, their own stuff. It doesn't appear to be branded, really, in any way, right? Yep. So there's, like, a pizza joint where the pizza was, like, fine. Um, and then boozy drinks where you take where you can buy that drink AC mug for 10 bucks and get it refilled for six. Do, do AC mugs, yeah, Greg. No, it's, it says drink AC. Is it, is it drink AC? Yeah. And, uh, and that's dangerous. So... So what? Three cocktails, I think, and and you got dared to to do all three. And unfortunately, I mean, I would have done it, except I the second day when I was going to do it, I felt like complete ass. I came down with some sort of cold or something. And we also spent most of the day at Borgata and and Golden Nugget. Did, and Golden Nugget did yes. not end up at Harris all that much. So right, which maybe wasn't the worst thing after drinking a couple of those the night before. Right, like I couldn't even eat my Bills Bills burger <laughs> that night. Yeah, you were in pretty rough shape, but I mean, you're in rough shape in every one of our gambling trips. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I get a, I have some kind of stress uh, stress reaction on the last day of trips. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, I was just legitimately sick, but you know. So any, I powered through. Anything else about Harris worth uh, worth mentioning? Um, they put in a pie gal tile stable. Finally, they didn't have one for a long time, but this was the first time I've been that they had one in. Which is great. They had the uh, they had the Wonka slots. Yes. There was always a wait for it. I know that you and you and Andy hit up a lot of Wonka slots. Yeah, on that so trip. the the legendary Wonka slots from other much more famous podcasts such as Vegas Tripping and and Five Hundred by Midnight. Um, I sought them out. I before the trip, I even looked up where they were, and um, I don't know if the ones at the Cosmo are just better or looser. I know that they have the ability to, ch- to change that. <laughs> um, but for us, everybody who played, it was basically you put your 20 bucks in and then you stand up two minutes later and leave with nothing. Um, we were just getting decimated by the Wonka slots. And yet I still, I was still like, nah, man, I, I've heard good things. I'm going to put another 20 bucks in. And that didn't work out at all. It's shocking how that, that goes. So, so that was Harris. We talked about Wild Wild West. Um, we also made the trip to Golden Nugget for the first time. Yeah, it was the first time I've ever been, like I said before, uh, Trump Marina was the last casino in Atlantic City that I'd never been to, which is a little surprising considering the amount of time I've spent in Harrah's and to a much greater extent, Borgata. I mean, it's right around the corner, but I guess it's not that surprising because it's not right next to it. I mean, the walk's a little bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's not... Why would I drive to Golden Nugget if I'm already at Borgata? Right, so... Or Trump Marina back in the days. So Golden Nugget, I mean, their sort of thing is that they're high-end, right? Like, their downtown casino in Vegas is the is the high-end right. casino in downtown For Vegas. Downtown. And, uh, For, in downtown Vegas. Right. And, right. I mean, it's supposed to be the closest thing to a strip experience in downtown. And right, which is not a strip experience at all, but that's fine. So here, you know, they've clearly renovated. They've clearly spent money on renovation. Um, 
And, you know, this, I feel like sort of the little things look nice, right? Like the, on the casino floor, the sort of things on the wall look nice, and the, I don't know, it just, it feels like it should be nicer than it actually is. <laughs> right, so, you know, going in, it's something that me and Craig have talked about for a couple trips, because we, both of us have not, never been there, and it's the last casino that I think both of us have ever or needed to go to in Atlantic City. And so we were excited to go, and that plus, I mean, I think there's a lot of good press or a lot of buzz yeah. going around about Golden Nugget. I think probably mostly from locals or people who live closer to Atlantic City than we do. And there's so, so uh, I, I think I think after Atlantic Club closed, which was the local oh, casino yeah. before, I think a lot of those people ended up moving over to Golden Nugget. Yeah, and their social media does a great job of making it look awesome. I mean, their Twitter, more than anything makes me think, like, man, I need to get to Atlantic City. I mean, lots of things make me think that, but their Twitter is very good for that. Right. So so anyway, there was a lot of... I mean, I think the, the issue probably was that our expectations were too high. I mean, like I said, for one thing, I was feeling like crap. But, you know, was it everything that I hoped it was going to be? No. I mean, it was perfectly fine as a casino. And I'm sure the rooms are also perfectly fine. But, you know, is it somewhere that I'm going to feel like I need to go next time I go to Atlantic City? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, at some point, there's just not much you can do about, like, 12-foot ceilings in the casino, right? Like, unless you're just gutting the place, it felt really dark in there. And just an incredibly confusing casino floor where you kind of... There's there's all There's, like, bars in the middle of it and just things that you can't see around, and so you feel like you sort of turn a corner and then you're looking for something and you end up back at the same bar that you were at before. It's kind of confusing in that way. Uh, uh, I don't know. You think that's true, though? I think every casino floor, the first time you're on it, seems really confusing. Except I for mean, Showboat. <laughs> right, except for Showboat, where you can see the entirety of the casino floor from anywhere on it, because it is... I mean, how high do you think those ceilings were? It's just like a huge high, open space. Super bright. Yes. Which I loved. I'll, I'll forever miss Showboat. Um, but I mean, I think, you know, I'd been to Harris probably like five or six times before I finally became comfortable and like felt like I knew where I was going in that casino. Yeah. I find, I still find Harris very confusing. Uh, I still find Borgata same, same thing with Borg, honestly, yeah. it took me a long time to really feel like I know where I am and yeah, I feel like where I'm going. Layout wise, they're similar. Harris and Borgata. With kind of like that bar in yeah. the middle, and then well, Borg is like more of a circle. Like Harris is like a rectangle, right? It's like longer than it is wide, or something. I can't. I don't even, know. I can't even wrap my my spatial awareness isn't even good enough to wrap my head around that. Like I know that there's a bar in the middle of both of them, and that there's some like restaurants on the outskirts. The, that's the, about that's about it. And at some point, I end up down a tunnel. And I'm like looking at a pool that's not actually a pool at Harris. And that's pretty much it. That's all I get. Like, oh, here's Viking Kitchen or whatever the heck it is. I've n- I never have any idea where I'm going at Harris. I know, the, the, the cooking class or whatever. Same thing whatever at places. Like, you'll, yeah. we'll get separated and I'll text you like, hey, where are you? And you'll say, I'm across from the poker room. And I'll need 20 minutes to figure out where that is when it's, Maybe the biggest poker room in the country. 
Uh, yeah, I think it is. So, so that's you know that's probably more on me. Maybe I shouldn't take <laughs> those points off of Golden Nugget when I you know. Anyway, I would never be across from the poker room. I would be down in the cafeteria next to the poker room eating fat burger. Eating fat burger. Yes. So the only one on the East Coast that I know of. Is that true? That feels like it can't be true, but I guess it's. I think it's. I think it's true. I think there might be one in New York, but I'm not gonna. You know. Maybe. Yeah. We. I mean, we shouldn't look it up that way. It would remove the magic uh, from well, the state. The one in New York closed, so you're looking good. All right. It didn't last very long. Two years. So, <laughs> like me some fat burger. Golden nugget. What did we do at Golden Nugget though? Uh, we played some slot golf. So we played slot golf, which is something I found on the uh, 500 by Midnight Facebook group. Somebody posted the rules of slot golf, and and always one for weird games. Um, you know, we've played some baseball card poker in the hotel room in Vegas, which I won't get into. Well, uh, you know, for a little bit anyway. Far too nerdy. Far too nerdy. Yeah, for a little bit. Well, no, we <laughs> played once we left that the room where we were getting yelled at by somebody who had a... A flight 14 hours later. At 4 p.m. the next day. <laughs> we found another room and we were fine. Um, so, so we had the latest flight out of everyone in our group. Um, so yeah, we were in Vegas playing for a friend's bachelor party and we were playing. We had a plan to cut our losses on gambling and play some baseball card poker where you rip open some baseball card packs and basically, you know, whoever has the best player wins. Um, and then there are a bunch of rules about, you know, if you get an Oriole or something, because we're Oriole sand, you have to drink. And uh, we tried to go back to our sweet room in Caesars that we got upgraded to and that overlooked the Bellagio fountains. And our friend was in bed at, at midnight and was very, very upset with us <laughs> for, for being too loud. And so we got a lot of, seriously, guys, come on, I got a flight in the morning. And meanwhile, his flight was like 4 p.m., four hours later than anyone else's. So, so we ended up in another dude's room and played until like 7 in the morning. Um, and then he... At 7 in the morning with the sun coming up, he iced me because this is when icing was still a thing. So I had to chug a Smirnoff ice, and I woke up the next morning, the day of my flight, feeling like pure hell. Uh, but that's not what this story's about. So I'll, I'll have everyone know that while this was all happening, well, I was there for baseball poker, but my hotel room was in Harrah's, Las Vegas, which is a great casino. Your, your favorite Not place. like therapy. Yeah. Not like, the best not like Caesars. The Chipotle next to the Harrah's in Las Vegas is my favorite place. So you have the Chipotle next to Harrah's, and I have the Bally's bus terminal. So yeah. any respect that anybody might have had for us coming into it no. is gone. You shouldn't have it. Yeah, that's true. You really, it's yeah. you never should have had it in the first place. No. So, so we played slot golf, which is basically you choose a slot, you basically pick whoever gets to make the first choice, and they choose a machine and a domination and they keep spinning until they win any amount. It can be a cent, you know, it can be less than your bet, and then that's their score for that hole. And then everybody goes and the person who wins that hole gets to pick the next machine and the next domination. So you do that for eighteen holes, preferably with a couple of beer stops in there. And at the end of all that, the winner gets you put in a dollar for every hole. So the winner gets the winner of each hole gets a, a dollar for that hole. Um, and so I think the top winner from our group ended up making a whopping like four bucks. And the biggest loser lost something like three bucks, except for what? the slot play. 
Oh, no. Oh, so, okay. so you're what? Yeah, right. Because your buddy Zach hit a three hundred dollar right. on a on a quarter three reel machine. Right. So he was he was fine, even though I, I think, don't think it was a quarter. I think it was a dollar. Was it a dollar? I think so. Either way. Yeah, he didn't win no twelve hundred credits or whatever. It was three hundred. But still, a decent payout. Right. No, nothing. Still, to you know, nobody's scoffing at three hundred bucks. Um, right. you got crushed. So everybody. So for the most part, people were picking like these sixty line one cent machines, right? Which is lame. And I'm, you know, I was the first one to do it, so I can't talk. But it's lame for this purpose because you win on almost every spin. So like. Everybody's tying for a hole in one or two because you know you hit line twenty eight for ten credits on a sixty credit bet. So if I was doing it over, I would either say you have to win more than your bet, you know, for it to count, or just ban fifty line machines. Just ban. That would make it a lot rougher if you have to win oh. at least your bet. Oh yeah, yeah, and it should be a lot rougher. The fact that I mean, I say that it's it was. You. Who didn't lose pretty money. rough for some of us. But as far as the, the actual gambling between the players was just meaningless. So Yeah. So, no, yeah. It basically only mattered how you actually did on the slot machine. It didn't matter how many strokes you got. Oh no, no. No. So you were you were the one person who had a just epically long spin. Uh Yes. So what Yes. What did you get hurt for? Uh, it was a machine you picked, right? It was a machine I picked. I think it was a two dollar machine, which I think was the max bet, right? Right. Oh yeah. So we set a max bet just so that it wouldn't hurt too bad. Um, I think I was down something like you know sixty some dollars on that machine before I finally you know got a four credit win or something or two credit win. So, so I'd say yeah. Don't no sixty line machines. One of the fun things about the game is. Everybody chanting rebuy <laughs> every time somebody gets close, right? Cause you just you're just carrying your your little right. from machine to machine. So you start probably with like twenty bucks, and as people are getting down, people are not hoping. Your friends are not hoping for you to win, right? They are not hoping for you to get no, this, no. You they, want they want you to go broke, literally broke. Machine. Yeah. So everybody's chanting rebuy, rebuy. So you can just imagine us. You know, we had what six or seven dudes walking around the golden nugget. On a on a very crowded what Saturday afternoon, and uh, six of us huddle up to like the Monopoly machine and are pl- watching one person play thirty cents a spin and are like yelling at each other about this, which just looks ridiculous to everyone, including the eye in the sky, because we at one point someone came over to us and asked us all for IDs, and we're all. Right. Over thirty, I think. Am I the youngest yeah. at thirty-two? No, Zach is a year behind. Okay, so, so still he, everybody's he thirty. Thirty-one, and uh, and we got ID'd because you can't have six dudes staring at a thirty-cent spin without people being like these these guys who are standing here drinking like Yingling and Miller Lite and playing some weird game where they're yelling at each other over thirty-cent slots. Like, there's nobody of age would do that. And if we were at the Tropicana, I don't think they would even ID'd us. Well, they didn't ID anyone at Tropicana. You know, I think they would have just, like, not uh, just assumed and not said anything. I think other casinos would have just, like, you just have to leave. Like, you're distracting. <laughs> you're distracting the person playing the Ellen slots. The, the people actually gambling. Oh, and there were a couple times. Yes, oh, yes. And there were a couple times where people would 
get up and leave the yeah. machine. And I, that I felt bad for. Well, I mean, some some people were not the best at picking slots. Like, they'd pick the slot machine in between, like, three other people playing. Right, so that would be the rule, is no, no like, shoehorning yourself into a, a machine that has two people next to it. You know, you got to have some space if you're going to horn in with seven dudes. Right. I mean, yeah. Although, you know, the stories are good, I guess. Yeah, it was good. So that was Golden Nugget. It was okay. I don't really so, really feel a need to go back. So so here's the real question, though, Craig. You say you don't feel a need to go back to Golden Nugget. Do you feel a need to play slot golf again? It, if I'm... If I were, like, really hurting for a trip, and we had all the revamped rules, and it was nine holes instead of 18... Yeah, that would that would help a lot. And there was some kind of drinking element as well. Not buying five dollar beers from the bar and Golden Nugget. That's um, but the, but then it's just it's so complicated. It's not worth it. It's it's probably not worth it. It took a long time. Uh, I'm I'm glad we did it once, and uh, it's an interesting story. But I don't think I'm going to do it again. Yeah, unless I was there on like a six day trip or something, you know, right. Vegas or something like, like Vegas. I uh, I don't really see much need to play soccer. Right. So that's out. Yeah. Uh, so another thing we did on our trip that we, I at least was super, super excited about as someone who really loved Nashville when I went, was the playground. Uh-huh. So the playground used to be the casino, used to be the Caesars Pier Shops, and just struggled and struggled and struggled, and they looked for a buyer forever, and finally, finally uh, Bart Bladstein, a famous Philadelphia developer, bought it. And had big plans, right? He's going to redevelop it as a Nashville slash Memphis bar scene called T Street, where it looks like you're outside, and there's just a bunch of bars, and you can go from one bar to the next and see live music and drink, and it's going to be great. And so we went on a Saturday night, um, and it was very sad. It was, I mean, it was completely empty, but it, it wasn't only that it was completely empty, right? Like, literally, we were the only people in oh, the yeah. entire run of, you know, it's like 10 bars down on the lower floor. Right. But all the bars were open as well. And I don't know. It was, it, it wasn't just terrible. It was, like, really uncomfortable to be in there. Yeah, I mean. It, as the, literally the only people. It was, like, 20 to 1 staff to, yeah, to patrons. And every bar was empty. And so, you know, I should have taken a huge warning sign going in because if you go to the Playground's website, you know, they're promising live music at all these bars every night. Well, and you go so, to the website and it just says, like, no upcoming events. Right. In, in their defense, not that there's really much defense, but it was, like, 6 p.m. when we were there. And it was on the early side. You know, it, who knows if it was midnight or 11 p.m. or something. Maybe it would have been a little different. Because the space is actually pretty cool, I think. Just, you know, you actually need people there to make it not awful. Yeah, I mean, I think I could be cool. I think it could be cool. It was a Friday night. It was not a Saturday because it was before we checked in the Harris. So right. fix is, is, is a tough sell. Yeah, it's a tough sell. I mean, I think it's the kind of place where if there were, you know, whatever the required number of people are to make it not awkward there, I think I would have probably enjoyed it a lot if I was 22, which is yes. 
I think, what they're going for. Yeah, and I, know, I, I would not like us it, as thirty-two-year-olds. Yeah, I would have liked it to be like neoned out. Uh, give me the fake sort of like stars like you get in the forum shops at Caesars, and you know that Vegas is just I don't know why everybody has to have a fake sky in the ceiling. Like that kind of that would be cool, um, depending on your definition of cool. They have new management in place for a lot of the venues, so they've they've just recently, within the last week or so, Bart Blatstein has said, "Okay, you know, I never really intended to manage these long term, so I'm putting these other guys who operate stuff near his Piazza development in Philadelphia, uh, Brian Nagel, I think, and Brian Pugh." are operating several, uh, 39N, which is the big music venue, Bose, the piano bar, and the Riviera Beer Garden, which has the Riviera, one of the Riviera signs from Riviera Las Vegas. Um, and then an- another operator is going to run Monkey Bar, Purdy's, 1921, and Tag. And then a third operator is going to run the Bluey, which is just a horrible name. Uh, <laughs> in the whole group of terribly named bars, that's the worst one. But that's- it's bad. When I saw that, I just thought, thank goodness someone else is managing this because it was, it needs something. Yeah, uh, people, really. So, so one of the things that Bladstein said uh, to a Philly.com reporter, which I think is the Inquirer's website, um, or is at least a partner, uh, he said, Rome wasn't built in a day, but T Street was built in a day. And, <laughs> and it was, it was built in 10 weeks, basically. They got it up and running. And it, it looked like they got it up and running in 10 weeks when we were there, right? I mean, it looked like a huge rush job. Yeah. No, it, it was. I mean, like I said, I think the space has a lot of potential. And who, who knows? You know, maybe at 11 o'clock on Saturday, there are people there, and it's a pretty cool place to be if you're 22. But it certainly didn't show well to us when we were the only people there at 6 p.m. on Friday. Yeah, I want to believe that it was just a phase one and that with new management, they're going to come in, they're going to pump some more, some more money into it and make it really cool. But it's really hard to, to, uh, to sort of make that sell when it looked like it looked. I mean, it was really bad. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think hopefully with the new management, they'll come in, they'll get more music acts. I mean, that was the biggest thing to me is just these music acts these pr- the promise when you go to Nashville for instance you can walk into any bar and there's a good cover band playing there's cheap beer and it's just a good time it's just to me it's like a great drinking town it's as you know almost the perfect sort of uh relaxed experience and in this place it was like you walk down you all the bars are dead empty um it's kind of slapped together there's the Riviera uh, sign at the at the one end, you know, that's taken from the Riviera, which you think, oh, that's cool, it's from the Riviera, but then you start to realize, like, no, they're just slapping signs that they found from anywhere, right? Like the Trinity uh, place that we love so much, the, the uh, <laughs> yes. bar, they just took that sign and put it up. Like, there's, there's no relation there, as far as I can tell, between the two. It's like, no. oh, free signage, done. Well... And it was even worse because when we saw it, we're like, holy shit, it's back open. Because we used to go there quite a bit for every trip, you know, dinner and drinks yeah. for, you know, when we were down in Atlantic City, you know, and three or four years ago when we used to go all the time. And so we were bummed when it closed because, you know, I don't know. 
it was just sad, and, you know, while it's the pier and everything was closing, it was still sad for us, and we saw it was open, and we're like, holy crap, and then it was just a bar. Yeah, with no one in it. Just like every other, every other bar there. They do claim to have, like, similar food items, but I don't trust it. I'm nervous about it. So, so hopefully they get that together. Um, you know, Blatstein, obviously, his, his reputation is really good, and, and, He's done that, so hopefully that works out. Um, and he, so, speaking of Blatstein, he has bought Showboat, or is in right. the process of of closing on Showboat. Right. Um, is it is it actually in the process? Unless I heard it was rumored, but so it's delayed because he, I think he's going to have to pay Stockton University another million dollars plus some amount for every month that it takes to close it. Um, some, you know, thousands of dollars for every month that, it's, that it takes to close this deal. So, you know, you'd think you've got this guy who's buying up, you know, he bought up the playground and he sounded really confident. Now he's buying Showboat. He tried to buy down by the South Inlet some, some space, uh, some land. And you'd think, oh, that's a great thing, right? Like, here's this guy who's really rich. He's a legendary, you know, Philadelphia developer trying to develop Atlantic City. And then you've got Glenn Straub, or Straub, <laughs> up at Revel, who's, Straub, big, I think. who's a big developer. And he's bought Revel. He tried to buy Showboat. He tried to buy Baderfield. And and you think, oh, man, these two guys fighting it out for Atlantic City space, that says a really good, that, that's a really good sign for the future of the city, right? <laughs> I could, that, why, I feel like that should make me more confident than it does. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, Straub is completely crazy, right? I don't think that's up for discussion or up for debate. I think, I think he's probably crazy like a fox, and I think he's probably going to end up making money on his Rebel transaction. How? Um, With what? Selling it to someone else. You think he'll resell it? I think so. So I was... When he first sort of spouted out all these ideas of it's going to be a water park, it's going to be a genius whatever medical complex, uh, it's going to be a college for for geniuses um, and all that stuff, and we're going to have high-speed ferries, I was thinking, you know, this is all cool that he has all these ideas, I bet he just opens it, and it looks exactly the same as Revel, and it's just a casino hotel. Yep. Now I'm thinking he's never going to open it. And he's going to tear it down and sell it for parts, a la the Fountain Blue in in Las Vegas with Carl Icahn, um, which he's done, which Straub has done, right? So I, it does make me nervous that that's the way it's going to go. And, you know, it's not like Revel's going to mean anything to anybody. It's not like people 20 years from now are going to be like, oh, I can't believe they tore down Revel, you know, the way that people still sort of pine for the stardust. Uh, right. But the fact that it was only open for two years. <laughs> no, they can't. They can't tear that building down. I mean, it's the nicest building in, in all of Atlantic City, arguably. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I mean, that there's no way that tearing that down is going to be the end result. So, so yeah. I mean, I, I was optimistic. I was hoping for some good, good news between Showboat and Revel, and there just hasn't been much. You know, Showboat Botstein has said. He's milling over both gambling and non-gambling uses. Obviously, there's the competing clauses. Right, the two covenants that right. are in 
So Caesar yeah. says it can't be a casino. They put a deed restriction on it saying it right. can't And the Taj says it has to be a casino. Yeah, and the Taj right. has the covenant saying it has to be a casino. So to me, I mean, I think that they could f- fight. It would not be that... Uh, I don't want to say it wouldn't be that hard. But I think you could fight one of those two, right? Like, you could go fight the Caesars thing and say it's an anti-competition measure, and it's, you know, against the better whatever, uh, the greater good of the city of Atlantic City to have this deed restriction, and so we're going to fight it. Right. It would cost tons it, money. It, so do you think it is? Do you think it is against the the good of Atlantic City for the showboat to not be a casino? I think it's... Not necessarily to not be a casino, but I think having the restriction that it can't be a casino. Because that artificially deflates the value of the property. I mean, so we've already talked about the numbers some uh, earlier in the podcast. And, you know, as a whole, the numbers are, if you look at each casino's numbers year over year, it looks like they're doing all right. But if you remember that, you know, three or four casinos have closed down in that time, I mean, it's actually not that good. So I'm not sure if it is necessarily a good thing for the showboat to be a casino, as much as I loved it. Yeah. I mean, and you know that I did love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I'm coming for, at this from a point of optimism of kind of like, you know, hoping that if you get a summer where the numbers go up, people will say, well, there are eight casinos that can take a ninth kind of thing. And that maybe that's just too optimistic. Right. I mean, at, at this juncture, there's nothing that I've seen that makes me believe that they need to reopen any casinos in Atlantic City. So, though, so, so, like I said, Revel should be open, but something else will probably close down uh, to offset that. Most likely the Taj. So, okay, so back to the Taj. So I've got a couple, before we wrap up, I've got a couple businessy questions for you since all right. You're more. You're finished with your MBA. I'm still. Yeah, that's you right. Know, I'm 25, 26 of the way through mine. Um, so, <laughs> Taj has just been running into the ground now. What is, do you think that? What do you think Icon's move is here? What is he trying to do by just sort of stringing this thing out and threatening to close? That is clearly just draining business out of it by threatening to close all the time. I mean, so, you know, just as a spoiler to everyone else, we talked about this, you know, a couple days ago. And my theory was that the only thing I could imagine is that he's just trying to keep it open to sell it to someone else. I mean, maybe someone similar to, if you remember back a few years ago, when Atlantic Club was up for sale and it was actually going to be bought by Poker Stars, I think, or one of the large, you know, offshore poker sites. And what I was thinking is it has to be something like that because, you know, he came out and he said it was going to close, you know, at the end of last year and it didn't. And I'm sure it's just hemorrhaging money now. And that's all I could, you know, figure out. But I think you have a theory that might even be closer to the truth. So if you want to talk about that. So I'm figuring that it's a union busting move. And basically, and we've seen him now win right in court against the unions. So I... See, he also owns TROP, and so my feeling is he's using this basically as a threat and saying, I'm going to close it, I'm going to close it, to get concessions from the union, and once he gets all those concessions, 
he will be able to take advantage of them at Tropicana, and then he'll be able to sell the Taj and not have to worry about it anymore. But the, basically, he's hoping that the threat of all those jobs being gone from the union is enough to get those concessions. And that's right. the total cynical view. I'm totally aware of that. I'll probably bring the cynical side a lot here. Um, but but that's kind of what my, my theory is on that. Uh, I mean, it, it's very possible that it could. And in his defense, he's spent a lot of money at the Trop, and he's true. made it a lot nicer than it used to be. Yeah, so, I'm a big Trop fan. I know. You love those uh, room and a Starbucks deal? And, uh, yeah, and the Boogie Nights. I love the Boogie Nights. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to Boogie Nights in January. Um, so, so that's Taj. Showboat, we talked a little bit about. Um, that's getting delayed... Blatstein's weighing his options. His quote about Showboat was, I found it's always healthier not to rush. He told this to uh, Associated Press uh, reporter Wayne Perry, who's like the guy (laughs) for reporting on casino business news in Atlantic City. And uh, he said, you rush to get the property, but then you don't rush on the decisions on what to do with it. So, Okay, that's great for Showboat, but what happened with Playground then? <laughs> because that's exactly the opposite, right? Um, so I'm nervous because I feel like I should be confident that he's going to do something awesome with Showboat, and I'm just like looking at Playground and thinking, oh man, what is is this going to be like T Street, you know, North or whatever? I mean, what's what's going to happen here? So I'm nervous about that. Uh, but no, you know, so little has come out about Showboat and what the plan is for it, that it's all just a blank slate at this point. Right. So with Showboat Down, so what do you think, what do you think is going to, what do you think in one year the Revel is going to be? Open or closed? And is it going to be a casino if it's open? It's so hard to tell because I felt like it was so close to opening. Like it looks like it should be so close to opening. But Stroud has fought with everyone. He's fought with the energy company, ACR. He's fought with the... Right, rightfully so, from what I understand of that deal. Right. Um, which I kind of wonder if he's waiting... Like, they're apparently being foreclosed on, <laughs> ACR. <laughs> which they have no input. They have no income. Of course it's being foreclosed on. Um, so I'm wondering if he's kind of waiting them out. Um, but he seems to have a lot of harebrained schemes, and it makes me worry that it's just going to delay forever. So I would have said, like, yes, easily it'll be open for the summer, but now I'm just not sure. I'm going to well, say I mean, yes. He, he, said it, he said it was going to be open for Memorial Day, right? right? Oh, yeah. Which, you know, was six months ago. So I'm saying yes by the slimmest of margins, like 51%. It's open. It's a casino. It's nothing else that he's claiming it's going to be. All right. What, do you, what about you? What do you think happens with Revel? I don't think it'll be open in a year. I think it'll be open at some point, but... Nothing that I've seen in the last six months makes me believe it'll be in that short of a time frame. Do you think it will be open with him as the owner? I don't think so. I think he's looking to sell it. I think, yeah, I, okay, so I agree with that. So I'll pose you one more question then. So I brought this up to you earlier also. Brookfield Asset Management, who owns Hard Rock Las Vegas. Yep, who made the original bid to take Revel before all the ACR shit, basically, at the fan, right? Right. So they wanted to buy Revel. Yep. They well, actually bought yeah, it, right? Yeah. Basically, it had the hype. And then it, backed out. And then backed out. And Straub got it for less. 
So, do you think basically Straub is saying we're going to get a buyer at enough to just make a profit and get out? I, I, mean, I mean, it's kind of like that's what you're thinking. Yeah, I think, well, so we need to wait and see what happens with ACR, because as you said, they're going through you know bankruptcy stuff. Um, and I know that, as far as I know, he's Straub is still tied up with them, among other people, in well, mostly them, in court. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they've ever actually fully resolved, you know, the power situation in that building. Um, yeah. So I think that stuff needs to clear itself out. And you know, honestly, like what happened before, you know, Brookfield was really wanted that property except for the power deal. And that's what sunk it for them. So, so Hard Rock International, which is not the same thing as Brookfield, that is the Florida Seminole tribe, wanted mm-hmm. to open a boutique hotel in Atlantic City. Yep. yep. Down south of the Atlantic Club. South of the Atlantic Club, where Stockton College University is now apparently going to build a $200 million campus. Um, yep. They wanted to open a 200-room hotel. Which is lower than the than the minimum number of rooms, and basically New Jersey said we're going to make an exception because there's a glut of rooms already. We don't need the minimum of 500 rooms or whatever the minimum. I think it was 500 uh, is the minimum number of rooms to have a casino. Is the sheer size of Revel a deterrent to a future buyer? Like even though you can get Revel for cheaper than you can build a 200 hotel room hotel, which sounds insane. Does the fact that you then have to manage 1,400 rooms deter deter someone from buying it? Well, do you, though? You I mean, mean, you don't have to manage 1,400 rooms. You have to, like, you know, run the AC in 1,400 rooms to make sure there's not mold issues. But there's nothing preventing you from only getting housekeeping for, you know, the top eight, eight floors of rooms right. or something like that. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the bigger deterrent is... I mean, there's some fixed costs with a building that size, but, you know, you can cut down on costs quite a bit by only having a fewer number of rooms than that open if that's what is going to make financial sense for your company. Does that... But you don't think that that is, looks so bad <laughs> that you've got a 40-story hotel with only eight floors available? Or is but do people old? know? I I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I guess we're. I'm overestimating people's sort of how informed they are. Because like Water Club at Borgata wasn't for a while was not open like off season. It may. I don't. I don't know the latest on that. It maybe it's still not open off season during the week. So, but but how would the average traveler know? <laughs> they know that they're on floor whatever near the top of the hotel probably, <laughs> and they're happy about that. And do they know that there's no one on the eighth floor? Do they know that there's no one on the twelfth floor? That's a good question. I would say probably, probably not. not. Probably uh, other than you know us and the few people who are following the casino industry, they probably don't even recognize it. And it probably, I mean, in a, lot, in a lot of ways, that probably is true. That was probably true at Atlantic Club before it closed. I mean, honestly, it's pr- you know running the air conditioner and and all that is probably pretty expensive for all those rooms. But right. you know, you don't need to actually plan on having people occupy a bunch of those floors. Well, I think that's uh, it's as good a place as any to wrap up since there's no more news coming on uh, on Showboat or Revel in the next week or so. Hopefully 
there will be something interesting to talk about uh, next time we do this. So when do you think that should be, Craig? That's a good question. I'll put you on the spot with a meta question. Are we doing, what are we doing every month, every two weeks? Um, Weekly is clearly not, there's just not enough news. In the, no, there's not enough news. Every week. Um, yeah, well, we could see. Maybe every month. Yeah, let's let's start with monthly and then uh, you plan, know, plan if for it that. gets ramped up and, you know, if we're going every month to Atlantic City, uh, <laughs> then clearly we'll have to do, do more than once a month. Right. Uh, so that's the, I don't think there's much of a threat of that with no. our children at all. No. Um, so I just want to thank everybody for listening. You can find this at uh, doforawin.com um, along with our excellent, excellent articles. We've kept this site populated for years now, and we're finally putting out some uh, some podcast content to go along with our excellent written content. Right. Um, so we've basically parked this domain and have done almost nothing with it, uh, except for a couple of snarky con- comments and a couple of these uh, business posts. I mean, it, you know, to be honest and to talk more about some meta stuff, Atlantic City might be a bit of an underserved market. I mean, while, you know, it's obviously less important in the grand scheme of things to the average traveler than Vegas for a lot of reasons, um, a lot of them self-inflicted by Atlantic City, um, you know, there still are a lot of people who go to Atlantic City a lot and enjoy it. And even more than that, there still are a lot of people employed in Atlantic City who really, you know, it's how they make their living, and it's certainly important to them, even though there's a lot fewer people employed in Atlantic City now than there used to be. Yeah, and and everybody wants to talk about the difference between its peak and now, but it's still a $2.5 billion market. I mean, that's still right. a, a big market. So so that's that's some good optimism, I think, to end on. So again, I'm Craig Stone. With me, Kyle Askin. This is the Do For A Win podcast. Thank you for listening. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. <laughs>